What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast backed by 120 Power Star rating, and the doors to episode 105 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me once again is the very healthy, very uh, not uh, full of coldness, Bryce DeWitt. Okay. <laughs> full <laughs> of coldness. Full of coldness. Well, you had a cold last week and that just... Oh, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, okay, I get I'm you not, now. I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm like, you're calling me a cold-hearted bastard? Yeah, I'm not calling... You're a very warm-hearted, loving human being, oh. so don't don't take it the wrong way. Please you're don't. You're so nice. I know. I'm Beautiful. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about, we, about a, a response from uh, Masuda about the uh, recent Pokemon controversy, quote-unquote, and uh, some other uh, little bits of news and stuff that we're going to get into. Yep. Very briefly on the Pokemon stuff, mind you. Yeah, very yeah. briefly. We did uh, talk about it a couple of weeks ago in, in detail. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to bore you with that again. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but Bryce, unfortunately, we do have to touch on some very sad news that uh, has sort of swept the Nintendo community uh, last week. Yep. Um, and I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna throw it over to you to uh, sort of uh, talk about it a bit because you're very uh, in touch with uh, everything that's going on. So okay, um, so doubtless that anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about. I think the internet's pretty aware of it for the most part. But um, someone in the Nintendo community has unfortunately passed away due to mental health issues. Uh, committed suicide. Um, Desmond Amafa, aka Etika, from the Etika World Network, uh, has passed away, and this was a huge deal. And I mean, it has been for months. He's had he's had a lot of mental health problems for months. Um, I followed him pretty pretty tightly. I liked what he did. I liked his reactions. I liked him playing video games. I liked him doing the stupid shit he did on stream. Mm. It's just a fun personality. To exactly. Watch, yeah. yeah, and I mean everybody that met him um, in real life has said so. They've never seen him as a, you know, a terrible human being or nothing like that. He's always been fairly upbeat, and he's always sort of been in tune with his community. Mm-hmm. He's always, you know, pushed pushed his thing. The Joy-Con boys, everybody loved it. His, you know, his subreddits still mourning pretty hard. Yeah. Well. Um, to to put it bluntly, um, he was going through a really bad time for months, and it's not the first sort of scare that we've had. Um, <clears throat> he went through a lot, uh, from being detained for forty eight odd hours on mental health issues, and he was released from that. And then he would he he tarnished his YouTube channel, um. And uh, got him banned, which was uh, awful because, I mean, that's where all these old videos and stuff were. So now you kind of have to turn to archives on YouTube if you ever want to watch them again. Yeah, people would have pulled them from his channel and re-uploaded them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, uh, it, it kind of come to a climax the other day when he uploaded a video up on YouTube and it was just eight minutes of him. He He didn't even seem remorseful. Like... He knew what he was about to do, and he said sorry to a bunch of people like he was going to do something stupid, but mm. he wasn't, like, upset. He wasn't visibly upset. He seemed pretty content with what he was about to do. After he posted that video, he went missing for about three days. Uh, his belongings were found on Manhattan Bridge uh, 24 hours before the search was completed. Um, he'd left the following day after they'd found his... Uh, belongings on the bridge the, a body a body of washed up shore uh, on Manhattan River and uh, it took it took a while for them to confirm but the police confirmed that it was indeed him he'd uh, jumped from Manhattan Bridge um, obviously you know I didn't know him personally um, but what I did know him through was his content he was mm. a really cheery upbeat guy and there was rarely ever a time he was ever upset uh, the only time I ever really saw him upset was a couple months ago on a stream. He physically, he 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 was 
physically angry at Smash. Um, mm. And he was having a really shit time with that. But regardless. Um, I mean, even... I reckon Boogie sort of put... Uh, it wasn't Boogie. Boogie did something really bad in terms of that, I should say. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, look, he... I I've, I keep up he, to date with Boogie, but I he seen said it. he'd said something like, "Oh, he said something really out of poor taste," and then he tried to recoup oh, oh, really? from it. Yes, he did. But he did something really stupid on Twitter. I, I that I, seems I, out of character because he's really he's an advocate for sort of mental health and that. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, no, he mm, okay. while while at while at he was alive, he did something stupid. Okay. I actually meant Review yeah. Tech USA. Um, Review Tech USA sort of put out that he's not going to do anything. Oh, so not Boogie? No, not Boogie. Oh, I'm, so- I'm saying, like, Review Tech USA did something nice. Oh, did nice. Yes, yeah, Boogie, got- did, Boogie did do something wrong. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. He did something very gotcha. stupid and he got a lot of backlash for it. Mm, um, okay. But Review Tech USA kind of put it bluntly and he said, look, there's not going to be a whole piece of content dedicated to this. What I have to say will be on Twitter. Uh, and he basically just said, you're all idiots to a degree, like making jabs and jokes at this person like it wasn't going to affect them it's mm. pretty obvious it did um yeah. for months he was berated on twitter by people insinuating he was a clown and that he was being stupid and that he was being dumb mm. and that people didn't believe that he was actually going through shit and he was yeah. a lot a lot of people are like you know you're just doing this for attention yeah exactly you know, right rubbish like that and that's exactly what uh review tech said he said w- do you really believe it now that he was doing it for attention why did he need attention he said he super- he surpassed my channel within a year and i'd started in the game like way 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 back mm. and he also said that like his streams were getting 50,000 concurrent viewers he didn't need attention if he no, needed no. if he needed attention, then maybe. But he, there's no way he needed attention. Mm. And for the most part, if he's doing something like that, he's going to be getting attention from the audience that's already existing. Yeah. Well, he got a lot of Etika got a lot of attention through meme value because mm. people were using his reaction as meme clips and stuff like that, which could have been a contributor. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. He, just how, just how expressive he is. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he was if a very he's ex- excited. You'll see that he's excited. If you see if he's angry, you'll see that he was angry. He was mm. a stupidly expressive person. Like it was absolutely crazy. Like how much energy this man brought to content, and everybody loved it. Like even if they weren't like super hype and Nintendo and all that, but like even just the stuff that he put out that was non Nintendo, he loved. You know, he loved being that paragon in a community of like just happiness and excitement and he was really good at that his content for years was fantastic and it was dwindling in the end but when he had his good day he was still just as good as he was before and this this whole thing like I'd I'd already posted about it twice because to be completely honest with you um it hit me hard for 48 hours. I was mm. just like, shit, this person's gone. Yeah, well, j- just f- just from my experience, I saw on Twitter that he was missing. And I saw, like, a couple of our friends, like uh, Nintendo Gurus and a few of people within this community being like, oh, shit, I hope he's okay. Like, you know, putting their prayers out for him. I'm like, oh, God. Like, because I, I know what previously happened. Like, he's had we've had scares in the past with uh, him yeah. uh, saying things. And I woke up in the morning and, uh, yeah, the news was... You know, it was already out there, but it had happened, and mm-hmm. um, it's just devastating. Mm. And I mean, I probably should be more prepared for this, but um, I think it's important to note that in in light of this, that Etika clearly need help, needed help. Um, he obviously didn't want to seek it for himself. He told a lot of people that he was fine, and he clearly was not fine. So. If you're ever ever thinking terrible thoughts, like you're going to do something stupid to yourself, it's really not good to bottle it up and you should seek help, even if it's not from professional standards, but from a friend. Just something. Like, it's really sad, but he was lifeless in the end. It was clear. He knew what he was going to do and he was dead set on doing it and it happened and I don't think anybody and especially 
if somebody's listening to this who has had those thoughts before nobody nobody wants to see your life go to waste like that you might be hurting but you have to remember that there are also people that will hurt for you once you're gone not yet and it's very important that you try to take care of your own mental health there's hotlines whichever country you're listening from make sure that if you're ever thinking of of doing something stupid and you really need somebody to listen even if it's a complete stranger you can talk to a friend you can talk to a family member you can ring a hotline just make sure that you look after yourself um Etika is a person who will be sorely missed among content creators he mm. touched many a people whether it was just for the laughs or for his energetic vibes for his Nintendo content you know the Nintendo com- co- the Nintendo community had like a a huge respect for this man really mm. and it's sad that we will never see anything from him ever again. Um, and in saying that, with content creators as well, if you're ever feeling you're like you need to take a step away, take a step away. Um, yeah, no matter what it is. Well, because he made himself a personality. And at the end of the day, social media wasn't helping. Um, the way he was being treated on social media was pretty shit, honestly. And it, even if he could just say, nah, I don't give a shit. It's obvious that he did give a shit to a degree. Mm. He felt like he... He felt like he'd done wrong and that he had to pay for it and that wasn't the case at all. Yeah, People wanted him to get help. People wanted him to be happy. And yeah, now here we are and we've lost another great member of the Nintendo community, the Mm. creator community... Uh, and in general, just of the human race. Mm. He was a brilliant person, so rest in peace, Desmond. And Etika, if you prefer. And the Joy-Con boys will always live on as your community, and nobody will forget it. Your shrine is there at Manhattan Bridge. Um, People have left... Anything from games to Twizzlers to Joy-Cons to anything, fan art. They've all left that at Manhattan Bridge, so there were people that cared. And there's a lot more people that cared than whoever left shitty comments. Yeah. For every one shitty comment, there was always... There was a hundred plus on top of it, uh, of like course, people yeah. that, you know, loved you and loved your work. So, rest in peace, Desmond. Um, sad we'll never see anything of you again but mm. you'll live on yeah and I, I know like in sort of like you know we, we all feel shit sometimes <clears throat> yeah like obviously uh, severity changes between person and person but I know like sometimes in my life when I've felt like awful like I've never had I've never been like oh, I'm gonna end it but there are times when like you know that that seems like an easy option and you just yeah you know, and it's not an easy option you know you're not allowed to do it you know you're not allowed to kill yourself you're not you know for everyone around you who loves you you know it's, yeah you need to seek help for yourself yeah. if if, and that's the big thing too like if you ever feel like you're a blight on people's life you need to realise that more often than not doing something stupid is more of a blight mm. you know and I mean Stupid's probably the harsher word to use for it, but it, you know, it's not a good decision. No, it's so. it's it is it is the waste of, you know, of the joy you bring to other people, because mm. I can guarantee you, if if you're alive, you've you you bring joy to someone, and that should be what you're focusing on, not the negative, not the negativity around you. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it's really upsetting, especially somebody that's been through their own uh, mental health issues. It's just really sad to mm. see someone fall like that from grace. He was 
such a brilliant person in that in the in his respective communities. I can't even talk right now. Yeah, yeah, no. it's it's such yeah. a yeah. It's it's so sad. It's such a big loss. Mm. Like yeah, when you say oh, you know, we're going to talk about it, so it's going to be sad. But look, I check the Reddit every day yeah. at the moment. His subreddit. Mm. just to see what people are doing because people are putting out fan art and tributes and you know it's just it, it is really sad to see someone like that go who had that much energy that much influence and all because the internet can't behave mm. and that's that's what it comes down to for me yeah alright well rest in peace and rest in peace yeah so now we're going to move on to the rest of the show, and this—it all seems so trivial now. It it does, which, uh, but uh, I mean, the importance of talking about something like that at the beginning is just so that we can, you know, move past and remember the fact that he was a brilliant human being, and just hmm. try to try to continue in his footsteps and making stuff in making stuff people love. Yeah, I know, like. Mostly everyone who listens to this podcast, um, you know, a part of the Nintendo community, he was a huge part of it. Yeah, and yeah, it's a big loss for for all of us. Absolutely. All right, Ross. Let's move on to the the next thing. So let's try let's try and sh- shake it off. Let's uh, let's talk about <laughs> we'll we, shake it off. Let's talk about Nintendo, which is a shared passion of all of ours. Yep. So, Famitsu put out a poll to their readers uh, recently about. It about the uh, the most wanted Switch games from um, the audience in Japan. Mm-hmm. I, I, I bet you can guess number one, what number one would be. Have a quick guess what would be the most anticipated game for Japanese sw- Switch owners. Fire Emblem? It's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon? Is it? <laughs> Seriously? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'll just read the top ten. So, Pokemon on the Sword and Shield, are number one most anticipated then a dragon well actually I'll, I'll go I should have gone from 10 to 1 so we'll go there so I've already spoiled number 1 <laughs> <laughs> but number 10 is Astral Chain and number 9 is Shimigami Tensei 5 yeah which has had no news in forever no it hasn't no uh, number 8 is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening uh, number 7 is uh, Yushiro which I've never heard of must be something yeah I don't know what that yeah. is uh, number 6 is Super Mario Maker 2 which is out now and uh, number five is Bayonetta 3 number four is Fire Emblem number uh, three is uh, Animal Crossing and number two is Dragon Quest 11 S you serious like Fire Emblem's that low Dragon Quest 11's been out there since 2017 mm. yeah that's crazy I mean Dragon Quest is huge over there I, I mean yeah I know but like it's been out on PlayStation for how long now like literally came out last end of last year two years no, it's been out to th- since 2017 in Japan. Oh, in Japan, yeah. In oh, Japan. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like that, that's a surprise that they'd put that up so up there when it's already been there. Readily available to play, especially hmm. at number two. You got Fire Emblem coming soon. I would have thought that would have been a bigger bigger hit. Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. <laughs> that's the thing, like, after like that conversation, just like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> do, we, do we really care at oh. the moment? Oh. Oh. No, we, we need to get our, our, our mood up a bit. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Uh, goose. Goose. Who? Uh, Groose the Goose. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, no, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think, I just thought Fire Emblem being something that was obviously Japan exclusive for such a long time probably would have held the reins on top of that being Nintendo exclusive mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. Over Dragon Quest XI? Hmm. Yeah, if you would have thought like the real keen people would have already uh, bought it. Oh, yeah. And played it through it. Well, maybe maybe like, that keen for it again with all the new features and everything. Oh, look, yeah, maybe, maybe the 2D mode might grab people's attention and stuff. I don't know. So, um, next up is uh, Nintendo is considering expanding the Nintendo Switch Online games library. So, at the moment, we're getting uh, NES games and everyone's hoping for Super Nintendo games and et cetera, et cetera. It better be Super Nintendo games. And this is, this is from my Nintendo News, but the quote here says, Why well, can't give any uh, new information about further classics, classic hardware, uh, hardware et cetera? 
uh, here. We are thinking about expanding the uh, NES software lineup on the online service in other ways, um, in other ways of providing them. We understand your desire to play past products. Yeah. So cool. Do you <laughs> like? So that that was a Nintendo uh, representative. It didn't actually leave like a name or anything. Do, but like, do you really understand that? Like. That's that's that was the big thing about virtual console is people could buy old Nintendo products mm. and play them. But now we're in a situation with the Switch where we're only getting the NES game updates, and yes, they're good like for the most part. But I think the thing they failed to understand is that like with in- introducing this online service, it was probably a good idea that they did it with a whole bunch of Nintendo games and not just NES games. I don't think anybody's that like frivolized to go back and play a whole like a whole handful of NES games they'll pick a couple out of them and be like cool I've played them you know but uh, yeah I mean Super Nintendo again has been a demand for a long time Nintendo 64 would be good on there mm, it'd be great on there it'd, it'd be so good but yeah I, I think like especially now we're just getting like the sort of dregs of getting like volleyball yeah it's like it's like we're not who's gonna sit down and play volleyball no one on the fucking Nintendo version. What they really should have considered. Ago. What they really should have considered is they should have been like, "Here's the biggest popular titles from the NES: Mario Brothers, Zelda, you know, Duck Hunt. I guess if you're really into it, mm. uh, Metroid, etc." And then, then they're like, oh, "Okay, we've got like all of our big names on there. Let's move on to SNES, and then do that." With their games, Link to the Past, Mario World, Mario Three, uh, Mario All Stars Pack, rather. Ooh, yeah, that'd, that'd be good. nice. Yeah, um, and then Super Metroid, etc. And they'll be like, okay, now we're done again. Now, now let's move on to the next one, and then go Ocarina of Time, Super Mario sixty four, etc. That would have been way better. Yeah, then they skip GameCube because that's what they like to do. <laughs> go to the Wii. <laughs> it just that'd be so much better. Mm, like it'd be great. Yeah, I get. I get that the Switch Online app is so convenient. Like where you don't have to really download anything. You download the app and you can sort of just play the games. They're just there. Yeah. But I think it's kind of important to note that, like, again, ninety percent of those games nobody's really going to give a shit about, and it's not a good bolster to their plan on this thing it needs to sort of just like you can keep all the nes games now that you've made them that's fine but maybe it's time to move on and move on with the prospect of like let's just do the popular games from each console and then once we've got all them popular ones out we can go hey look here's three games for the month across different consoles so like one came out for ness 64 and gamecube and then one then the next month it's like oh snes n64 and gamecube got one then the following month it's like GameCube, SNES, and NES got one. Something like that. It'll be cool if it was like, you know, it's like September is Zelda month. Then you get Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Exactly. Like, Wind Waker, like, whatever they decide. Obviously not. Yeah. Like, these older games, they're going to like, ah, oh, buy the remastered version when we port it. Yeah. So, that's... The issue's going to come up with some of these games. It could, it could but- be just... The other thing as well is that maybe they're waiting for the Wii U to completely die off. I, like, oh, I mean, did you no? But did you notice that they actually put out a patch for it the other day? Yeah, it did. Like that's strange. Was that for just like piracy? I think of? so. Yeah, but like just thinking of it but from you're, that you're regard, you're not getting any new features or anything. It's not. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, but I'm saying like the Wii U is the virtual console machine now. It is the virtual console machine now. The Wii, oh, yeah. the Wii shop is dead. You can't buy anything on there anymore. Uh, then you've got... Uh, I mean, you've got the mini consoles, but they're not doing them anymore past the SNES. Yeah, and you can't add to them either. You can. Well, I, 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 you, you can. <laughs> Nintendo... Don't as lie. As far as Nintendo goes, they think you can't add to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just in the in the matter of prospect of, like, really... Um, it'd just be smarter to add the more popular titles than going from there. You'd be selling your service so much better... Uh, people would totally buy into it if they had that. Um, if you're not going to do virtual console at all, you know that's fine. But do do it through these this system. Um, I can't believe we're like three years into the switch. And we're like, where's virtual console? Where is it still? It's so weird. Yeah. Like I again, I get it. I just want to play Links. I just want to play Link to the Past. That's all. <laughs> yeah, they don't <laughs> on my Switch. They don't want to go and they don't want to go and put it on the shop. That's that's fine. But you need to put it up there in some form, and you need to work on it. And then 
that'll get people intrigued. You're not going to get people intrigued adding even more NES titles. Mm. It's really just going to start pissing people off. This online service, they pretty much just put like a snail down. Like, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> there it goes. But it starts like going the opposite. It starts turning around like, no, no. Like, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, I get that's what it was marketed as though. Like, it's like, oh, look, the, here's all the features you can do with it. And it's like, you know, you can play online with people and all that stuff. You don't have to do that. You really don't have to do that. I understand, like, you're putting a bit of extra work into it to do that. That's cool. When, when you lock, like... Don't it, care. <laughs> when you have one of these services and you just, like, lock uh, being able to play online behind it, I feel like that's just, like, a way of forcing them instead of actually having, like, a good uh, product. Yeah. <laughs> like, PlayStation Plus, when that came out, that wasn't to play online. That was just to, uh, you know, just to get free games. And that was a great service. You got two free games. Then when the Vita was introduced, that was four free games. And the PS4 was introduced, that's uh, six... Um, games, whatever. Until they discontinued the Vita and the PS3, didn't they? Yeah, so, like, obviously when the PS4 came out, they locked um, online play behind that. Yeah. And that was a way of just, like, all right, now you have to subscribe. Yeah. And, like, with Nintendo, it's like, I don't think they're that confident in what they're offering, so it's just, like, lock it behind, um, lock online play behind it. And, I mean, to be fair, there has been some good deals. Um, I mean, I, I took advantage of the, the coupons for the first time. Yeah. The other day, when I bought uh, Mario Maker 2. Yeah. Which show, which show we haven't actually talked about, really. This show's off the rails. It's, we've been derailed, haven't we? <laughs> I honestly, like, I didn't ex- I didn't expect to be, like, affected this much by having that conversation with you, but... Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for half the price of, like, a normal general <laughs> subscription. Sorry, I'm trying to steer away from it. Um, yeah, yeah. The half, the half the price of the general subscription of most other consoles... Uh, subscription boxes not only the fact that like uh, if you were already a Twitch Prime subscriber you got 12 months for doing nothing Mm. so I was so I got 12 months for just being cool being cool you know like I I have Twitch Prime for the benefits that I get for Twitch Prime being Amazon's bitch (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know Um, so that's good that's all good and well and that's great and stuff like that but I think it's just like the more you try and market this service, basically you're saying, hey, you're just paying us for the online play because the NES games are cool, but they're not something you go in to sink hundreds of hours into. <clears throat> and when we initially played them, we were actually impressed with how it worked with playing online yeah. with one another. Yeah. We're actually impressed, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like... It's an NES game. It's, it's, yeah, it's an, it is a NES game. Like, you know, we'll we'll go and play the like original Legend of Zelda, original Metroid, the original Mario, um, 1, 2, and 3. As somebody that started playing in that but, era, though, like... As, as I am. Um, that was just so much more fun to do in front of a TV together. Yeah. Like with NES games. There's no appeal to do it online. Yeah. I mean, they capture it pretty well though. They do. With like um, online. They capture it well, but like those kind of console gaming experiences back in the day were best best mm. on a lounge room. Well, not, no one's stopping you. You can come over and you can uh, play some uh, bloody... Legend of Zelda with me sure but my point my point is is how is that different from just saying look like look here's the NES games and then you can just play them uh, we're not going to bother putting online features on in them which people wouldn't really give a shit about for the most part I've never seen anybody praise them for having online features on NES games I feel like it was just us <laughs> that time we were, like, we were impressed with how it worked I thought it was good I ne- yeah I never actually heard anyone else say oh it's actually pretty good <laughs> I do think it's I do think it's a cool thing that they've done with it but I don't think it's necessary mm. and I think what's more necessary is having a virtual console on the Switch whether it's through this app or not they need to just call it the Switch Online app and you should just be able to play games from a bunch of generations on it and you'll be sweet mm. You know, during the Wii U era, we were wondering for ages. Like our main concern was like, are we getting GameCube console games on Virtual Console? Because the Switch, the the, the Wii U could do it, but it never happened. We got GBA games and DS games for some reason. <laughs> yeah. That was actually great, though. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. DS games on the um, Wii U was actually a pretty cool idea. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not butchering it because like it, they put some good ones up there too. But like. I bought. I, it was just confusing. <laughs> playing Mario Kart DS on my TV, and it's like, 
I can't really see it. Glory was fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty cool having like the top screen as the TV and the bottom screen as like the uh, the touch screen. Yeah. yeah, the touch screen is really cool because like Mario Kart DS is one of my favorite Mario Kart games. Yeah, I'm like yeah. Oh, I might stick with Mario Kart uh, Eight um, on the Wii U here, but uh, hell, it, it's, it's here. It's Mario Kart DS. Mario Kart DS. Yes. So yeah, and I, I I think that's just what they needed to going forward, and I really hope that that's the way it ends up going. We just don't need more NES games. I think they need to focus on the fact that people are missing Virtual Console because that's that's been the case for a long time. So yeah, if you want to keep doing it this way, Nintendo, just do it. But do it with all your consoles that you can feasibly put on the Switch. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, don't just don't just put it with NES games. It's dumb. Because <laughs> really, sorry. really, they shouldn't be. If it's a subscription service, they shouldn't be leaking them out so slowly anyway. No, so. it should be monthly and. It should be across multiple consoles. It is. Game Pass does it, for fuck's sake. Mm. There's no reason they can't. Yeah. They could put up two a month. I don't give a shit. But make it across all consoles, not NES. Please. Mm. I don't, I don't want to play fucking don't volleyball. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please, I don't want to play volleyball. No. Uh, all right. Um, let's move on again. So, uh, Terraria came out on the, uh, the eShop this week, Bros. Oh, boy. And uh, so, how, mu- how much do you reckon it's worth? How much do you reckon the Switch tax has uh, put onto it? Well, okay. I'm uh, just, uh, just going to preface this by saying that I, I, already, the answer. I already know yeah. the answer. But um, I, I also want to add additional onto it that Terraria is a great game and it is filled with filled to the brim with contents, had plenty of free updates over the years and it was a game you can buy on Steam for $15 and PlayStation for 20 So, that's cool. But uh, I'll let you reveal the price of the Switch version. So, yeah, the, the Australian price for Terraria is $60. $60! <laughs> which is a huge inflation from uh, other platforms that's, that's available. That's nearly triple the price of other of the PlayStation, let alone the PC version. Mm. I've played Terraria, and I think it's a great game, but $60! You've given all that content out for Terraria for free over the years. It's basically like saying... Hey, we've got a completed Terraria now, and we're going to charge you for the content everybody else has been getting for free. Mm. Minecraft is forty dollars. Yeah, and obviously we've seen this in the past. Like the Resident Evils have come to Switch, and they've been like ten dollars here and there, cheaper. Oh, sorry, more expensive. And uh, yeah, so we see this a fair bit. Obviously, when even stuff like Skyrim years later comes out, they want the eighty dollars full price the game happens every time Skyrim comes out don't don't use Skyrim as an example yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah this is just ridiculous how much more expensive oh, it is I was saying the price God. like I think like the Playstation version in Australia is about twenty two fifty or something they're charging for it and like if they want to put a switch tax on it and make it 30 so you know eight eight dollars more expensive I can see that I can see that so be it I can, yeah I can see that because you know it does take money to like certify the games and port them and like all this stuff isn't free for the, for these companies exactly so you know you know you can you can sort of see it like okay okay 30 bucks 30 bucks and the amount of content you'll get out of Terraria on a handheld I would have bought Terraria for 30 bucks yeah but 60 is push, 60 pushing it way too far yeah oh my god I, I reckon that's one of the most extreme switch taxes we've seen I think it is. I think it is the most. I think it is just the most one. extreme switch tax I've ever seen. Base period. Mm. There is no way that is not. Look what, what kind of hurdles did they jump through that cost them so much money that they have to tack on an extra forty bucks? Yeah, well, some, something something went down there. Oh my god! Holy <laughs> shit! No, they're on the way to Nintendo to publish the game on Switch, and they dropped it in the mud. Like, oh no, we have to make the game again. <laughs> oh my god! So they made the whole game again. So oh, we have to charge sixty bucks now. Oh, that must have happened. Holy crap! I, I can't believe that. That's crazy. Mm. Yes. All right, let's move on. Uh, so <sighs> Nintendo is a Nintendo talks about game censorship. So if you haven't been up to a scratch uh, recently. Sony, with their success with the PlayStation 4 and all that, they're sort of uh, knuckling down on censorship in some of these more Japanese uh, risky games. Risque games, sorry. Risque, yeah. yeah. Um, like Senran Kagura mm. was when it was first shown. When was it first shown? It was before the Switch came out. Mm. The massage one, that's like $15. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, um, like, for the most part, on PlayStation 3 and Vita, like... That's where all these games lived. 
yeah the main the main platform for some of these like anime sort of for lack of a better term uh, booby games Sort of, <laughs> sort of lives on that platform along with Steam. Etch- I, th- I think the term you're looking for is etchy, but we'll go with booby games. Booby games, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, I've got I've got nothing against booby games. Like personally, I'm a bit like put off when it's just like oh, hu- like you know, all these anime girls with huge boobs. I'm like, oh, you don't have to make them huge, to, you know. But yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, the um, thing the thing is like as well as um, this is brought up in context with the fact that a new Senran and Kagura game is coming out for the Switch and it is going to be completely uncensored and if you know anything about Senran Kagura which I'd, I've learnt after doing my um, Estival Versus review all the way back in like 2015 uh, that was one of the first reviews I ever did mm. uh, is that Senran, uh, Senran Kagura has no chill and you will see nudity in it this, uh, this game that they're talking about when it comes to the fact that this new new president of Nintendo in Japan is like okay no don't don't worry about censorship we're not having censorship on yeah. the platform anymore um like it, it, this is going to be a pinball game with boobies <laughs> it it is sort of concerning like you know, for for the audi- audience that wants these games the main platform that you know these games have been on in the past is now like no 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 we're we're being more you know mainstream more friendly towards uh you know just our mainstream yeah. vision yeah so farakara he said in a, a recent uh uh shareholders meeting he said quoted saying nintendo as we third parties and their software uh, applies for an objective uh, rating from third party organizations prior to release if platform holding companies choose uh, uh diversity in fairness in uh, game software uh, would be significantly inhabited, uh, inhibited. Sorry, <laughs> inhabited. Yeah, <laughs> we will provide parental controls that can be used to apply limits. So yep. it's just like it's just which like, is how it should be. So like it, kids shouldn't be seeing this, but you know we've got tools there to sort of monitor it. So parents and they're very yeah. big. They, they've they've done the whole route with this system. They've got it integrated with mobile and everything. So look, fair enough. Mm. Um, and Xbox has the same stance too. It's just sort of Sony that's uh, sort of like, all right, we're, we want to be like real, uh, I guess, mainstream. And we yeah. don't, don't want to be seen as like, just like the the anime booby platform, I guess. Yeah, I think, um, I think the thing is though, as well as video games as a medium, and don't take this the wrong way, because I personally do not indulge myself in games like that. I've only ever done so for a review, but um, review quote review. Quote. Well, it was it, the whole review ended up just being comedic because that's like while it wasn't a bad game, it was okay. Uh, it put so much so much into its fan service that you couldn't not make it comedic. Yeah, and try to make it PG friendly enough reading. <laughs> um, I did some dark shit in this game. <laughs> <laughs> um. The get the like the medium as a whole is growing, and um, obviously there has been a lot of call uh, for those type of games to just be okay. Obviously, in the past in Japan, there's some been really bad, really bad taste stuff coming out there. Like there's like a basically a redacted crime simulator where you redacted crime young women. Oh dear, and that is not good. No. And we obviously don't want that on the platforms. We don't want that happening. But general expressivity, if people like being risque and doing that type of thing, they want to make a game around that, it's important that the effort and time that they put into that work that they so want to do is supported in some way. Because there will be people that will buy it. Mm. And there will be people that will want to play that that sort of thing, and that's perfectly fine. And that's again where the parental controls come in, and why like Nintendo are prefacing this with "we have parental controls," is because parents do need to pay attention to what their kids are playing. And we've said this plenty of times in the past, and especially if they want games like that to come to the platform, the last thing they want is is mothers writing letters to Nintendo saying. Why is my son playing a booby game? It's like, well, why are you letting your son play a booby game? <laughs> it's the parental controls are right on your smartphone. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Like, I want to, I want to put attention to stuff like, um, like Subverse, 
Did, have you ever heard of Subverse? I haven't, no. It was a Kickstarter, uh, Kickstarter project that recently hit past its way past its stretch goal. I think its stretch goal was 200,000 uh, 200, for the complete experience. Mm-hmm. They ended up hitting about 1.5 million, I think. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. And it is basically just... It is like a whole mashup in one. It's like a twin-stick shooter and a, um, a tactical RPG as well. And it is centered around the fact that you, it, it's, it's fairly comedic, but you are the captain of a spaceship, looks like a giant butt, <laughs> and your entire crew is attractive women okay. from, around the, from around the galaxy. It has its own story mode and stuff like that, but there are sex scenes, full on sex scenes. But Studio FOW... That's what I want in my twin six shooters. <laughs> <laughs> but Studio Studio FOW, the people who have who are making this now, um, were originally known for their hentai parodies. So, of right. Mass Effect, of Near Automata, of stuff like that. And they can't earn money off of that. But they want to keep making these projects that they like doing. So, they're branching out doing their own IP they've gone to Kickstarter they've kickstarted this project and now it's in development because obviously they earned way past their stretch goal like nearly you know nearly 10 times the amount that they wanted to actually start doing this um, and that's great mm, people, and if yeah. people want to buy that and play that that's great they can yeah. do that especially if something like if it's something like that which is it's not hurting anyone no anyone playing that it's not hurting anyone it's not that game you mentioned before where it's just like really distasteful yeah really distasteful yeah, yeah it's it's, it's not that yeah if you like if you if you like seeing some uh, attractive things stimulating you on on the screen while you're playing a, a nice twin stick shooter i don't think there's any problem with that and doesn't yeah. nintendo still gets their 30 percent cut and everyone's happy yeah if they've got the parental controls there it's the parents fault if it is abs- and that's yeah and i mean that's the get, argument for a lot yeah. of things that have happened yeah if they know, get, yeah our rating system and everything you know that, yeah, yeah. We've had we've had this conversation like a few times on this show, just talking about it's like it's the parents need to control what the fuck their kids are consuming, not the mm. other way around. Yeah, people who want to make make this work because again, these guys have spent hundreds of hours just making fan projects that they can't profit from. Yeah. So when they want to do their own IP and they want to make money off of it, doing the same mm. shit that they've been doing, but with their own. It is it is interesting Properties. because like a lot of these type of games were on Sony platforms because you know that is the Japanese platform that is like the more mature sort of content. Yeah. And now with now PlayStation's like no, and Nintendo's sort of opened the floodgates. The same with Xbox too; they have as well opened the floodgates. Be like, all right, no, you can come here. Yeah. We want we want your content, and it'll bring like that niche audience probably along with it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's disappointing because like just a censorship on things that don't need to be censored uh, just yeah it's just it's disappointing it's from Sony yeah yeah oh well I guess yeah we'll play something else something else like Pokemon <laughs> oh shit that was an awful segue that's just <laughs> <laughs> so Bryce we said we weren't going to talk about this national decks thing until we got a response and we now have a response <laughs> yep so I'll, I'll read it out this is from uh, Junichi Masuda the uh, producer on Pokemon Sword and Shield um also, if if you haven't heard sort of our opinions on uh, on all this, we talked about it on episode whole 103. Episode Not a whole episode. It's like a, most of an episode. Pretty much a whole episode. But we, we were pretty fired up about uh, sort of the the lack of Pokemon in this game because we felt like it was going it's going to affect the post game and sort and of future renditions comp- of the games. Yeah, yeah, and we still stand by them. I don't think it's changed. We have settled down. Oh yeah, we've settled down. I'm still not happy about it, but I've definitely settled yeah. down. Uh, so it's just it's just a real quick sort of uh, statement. So Masuda says, uh, "Thank you to all of our fans for caring so deeply about Pokemon." Recently, I sh- don't you laugh, you bastard? You d- <laughs> I, I take it by that laugh. Bryce here doesn't agree, <laughs> but uh, he says recently I shared the news that some Pokemon cannot be transferred to Pokemon Sword and Shield. I've read all of your comments and appreciate your love for and passion for Pokemon. Just like you, we are passionate about Pokemon and every one of them is, is very important to us. After so many years of developing the Pokemon video games, it was a very difficult decision for me. I like to make one thing very clear. Even if a specific Pokemon is not available in Pokemon Sword and Shield, that does not mean it will not appear in future games. 
The world of Pokemon continues to evolve. The Galar region offers new Pokemon to encounter, trainers to battle, and uh, adventures to embark on. We are pouring our hearts into these games, and we look f- and we hope you look forward to joining us on this new journey. June twenty eighth, twenty nineteen, Junichi Masuda. So that's what he has to say, and sort of with that statement, there's not like a lot sort of said really. He just said. No, nothing's changing. I don't know if he really heard us or not, but he's acknowledging it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think that uh, really, at the end of the day, there's not much we can do about it. We wait. There's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> see what happens. And if it turns out as bad it, as it's going to be, then fine. Whatever we could do was just voice our opinion. Yeah. yeah. He says that he heard it. But he says, but no. <laughs> That's what he pretty much said. Yeah. Which is fair enough. It's his game. He does what he likes. But um, yeah, still disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, there's not a, not a ton we can do. Mm. We'll just write it out. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're not going to say anything nope, more, nope, more on this nope, nope. Uh, until the games are out. We've played them and we'll have probably a very in-depth sort of uh, review discussion like, about it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Bryce, I reckon we might make it a bit of a short episode this week. A bit of a short episode? Okay. But quickly, we should probably talk about what's going on next week, and then mm-hmm. we'll be good. Yeah, so next week, we're going to uh, Adelaide to go to uh, AFCON, which is the anime and video game convention. That's certainly right. Uh, last year, we did the we went there and talked to some guests and did a episode with uh, sort of multiple interviews in there. Um, sort of our approach to it this year, we're not going to be like doing the interviews as separate episodes and the whatever we did last year we're going to be putting it all into just one mega episode and it's going to be basically us it's going to be sort of more like a I described it to Bryce like a vlog like you're actually coming along uh, with us for the ride so we're going to be starting off here we're going to be like you're going to hear our journey throughout the thing instead of us just coming here afterwards and talking about it yeah so should be fun yeah yeah Looking forward to doing it. I'm looking forward to it too. And I know like last year, we uh, it was our first convention as uh, as podcasters or whatever. And I feel like a bit more confident this year to go in there and talk to some people and yeah, get yeah. amongst the convention. Yeah, For sure. Um, hopefully, it just seems a bit more lively than what we did last time and that we can uh, plan it out so it's smooth enough. Might be a bit of a long episode yet. It really depends. Mm. But uh, it'll be a longer episode if... Uh, you might want, yeah. I'm hoping that uh, like people be interested in listening to to it as an experience, if that makes sense. Like what we what we're going through with the convention. Mm. Um, yeah. So we'll be ambitious with it, and we'll see how it goes. I reckon. Yeah, we we will see how it goes. So um, better for worse. That that. Yeah, <laughs> for worse. So um, I would imagine that probably will just come up on the on the usual day. Yeah. Mm. You reckon it'll be done by then? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, if, if if not, it won't be far off. Tuesday morning, Central Australian time. Yep. Depends yep. on how late we get home. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're coming home Monday yeah. as well. So Yeah, and we also have some uh, some fairly exciting announcements for next week. Yes, we do. So pay attention to this RSS feed, my Twitter, AdoiDruby, and yeah, I'm, and I'm, 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 yeah, I'm excited to share it all with you. Hopefully, it's, uh, hopefully it resonates with some of you. For sure. Mm. Anyway, Bryce... Thank you very much for joining me on the House of Murray episode 105. That's like, hey, mate. You're, you're welcome. Where can they find you on the social medias? You can find me at uh, Ivory Raven on Twitter. And you can find me at iDruby, and you can find the show at The House of Mario. And, of course, we are part of the 8-Bit Collective. 12 podcasts and 20-plus podcasts has come together to put awesome audio content in your ears. And uh, if you'd like to talk with us and all that fun stuff, all the Discord community is in the Discord Naturally, because it's a Discord community. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, it actually really threw me off the uh, <laughs> the fucking st- the topic at the start. The so, topic at the start. Yeah. yeah. I look. It is a big topic, um, and mm. I feel like it was best off addressed first, not last. Don't really want to leave on a dark note. Don't really want to, you know, mm. whatever. I'll just reinforce what I said earlier. If you ever need to talk to someone. Talk to someone, um, preferably somebody that you're close to, or uh, a hotline, um, and they will definitely be able to help you in some way, and hopefully help you understand what you mean. Mm. So, yeah, 
that's important yeah and we're going to end the the uh, the show with a upbeat Nintendo jukebox it's by None Like Joshua and it's a Donkey Kong Country rap yep and it's it's, it's, it's a good jam it'll hell yeah it'll cheer you up in case we uh, put your mood down <laughs> yeah and that's it <laughs> alright guys thank you very much for listening to the show and we'll see you next week for our Avcon special <laughs> goodbye fellas and ladies <laughs> Let's go swinging by divine Hand on Jane Gay boy bringing line to line Got the golden bananas because it's time to shine Cruise through like we do when we ride that mine It's a foolery, but to go get King K rule with the rain nothing cool to me And I'm fool to be, see that the takedown These are monkey bars, I ain't talking playground K-O-N-G They know it's me Spell it like K-O-N-G Yeah, we barrel launch in three, two K-O-N-G they know it's me Spell it like K-O-N-G Yeah, we barrel launch in three, two Let's go!